My name is August McLaughlin, and I've been contemplating girl boners for years. It's time for Girl Boner Radio with August McLaughlin, a spicy blend of personal stories, in-depth reporting, and inspiration. Girl Boner is where good girls go for sexual empowerment. Listen in as August McLaughlin, award-winning health and sexuality writer, explores female sexual pleasure like no one else. She's the big sister slash girlfriend you've always wanted, and she loves to talk sex. Everybody's in black or nothing at all. This is how actress Claire Danes described a popular nightclub she visited in Berlin in an interview with Ellen DeGeneres. According to many folks, this description could fit the whole darn city. Long known for its sexual liberty, eroticism, and hedonism, Germany's capital has a rap for being a very permissive, progressive place where your wildest fantasies can come true. So imagine being somewhat of a, quote, good girl, someone who learned that sex is fairly taboo and gradually finding yourself totally at home there when you see a group of people making out at a restaurant beside you. I mean, why wouldn't it? You're heavily involved in the porn scene now. Welcome back to Girl Boner Radio, everyone. I'm your host, August McLaughlin. And what I just described is essentially the path you'll hear about today in my interview with two women who are part of a team working to create space for people who don't have friends they can talk to about sex or simply want to dig deeper into the topic. Before we dive in, a big sponsor shout out to The Pleasure Chest, my favorite place to shop for sex toys, lube, and other sexual health products. They offer free weekly workshops in their stores in L.A., Chicago, and New York City, and I adore their focus on pleasure and inclusivity. Learn more and start shopping at thepleasurechest.com. For occasional email updates from me, sign up for extras at augustmclaughlin.com or girlboner.org. I send updates about once a month with news about upcoming events, behind-the-scenes fun, and more. If you're in the Portland, Oregon area, please join me and the fabulous Mona Darling for a fun girl boner chat at Powell's City of Books on Friday, January 11th at 7.30 p.m. You can also find my girl boner book, including the brand new audiobook version I got to narrate on Amazon, along with the upcoming release girl boner journal available for pre-order. Okay, so I recently chatted by Skype with two wonderful podcast hosts based in, you guessed it, Berlin. I'm Lina Bembe. I am a porn performer, director, one quarter of the Aristis podcast. I am Pandora Pasmo, and I'm from the Aristis podcast. I'm just like, a, I'm probably not an everyday girl making funny jokes, and that's about it. <laughs> The Erstes podcast launched in late 2017 by four feminist women who host the episodes that release the first Friday of every month. They all work within the adult industry in some way, and together they tackle a whole range of topics from fun and personal kinks to the more pressing matters of consent and censorship. The podcast was born out of a particularly heated discussion after they met on... (laughs) Well... Craigslist. I don't know if you have it in a. <laughs> I mean, I, you, you guys, we met on Craigslist. Oh, it was a very nice date. 
No, we all came together for um, a project. We just kept drinking wine and having conversations, and we were like, yeah, let's record this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Paulita and, and I, we already knew each other from, because we're both uh, porn, in, I mean, in the porn industry here in Berlin. And, and yeah, we had like this crazy secret uh, film project. And, and yeah, we met Pandora over Craigslist. And shortly, I think actually it was like right on the first day, like right off the bat, we got along really well. We had like really cool chemistry. And, and yeah, since then we became like somehow like a sort of like gang. <laughs> yeah. That is awesome. Uh, yeah, and I don't know. I think that in many in many ways, like the 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 podcast project have been has been really uh, natural because I mean we had like this like film project that we were working on, but still like in between takes and everything, we were like talking all the time about sex and sexuality, dating, relationships, uh, partying, life here in Berlin, feminism, a little bit about like porn, sexuality. So like making like the jump into the podcast thing, it was just, uh, it was very natural. Just like having any normal conversation, but just with a microphone in front of us. <laughs> it shows. That is the feeling that I think listeners have. Certainly I have when I've gone through and listened to many of your episodes, which makes for a very authentic experience. It kind of feels like as a listener, we're sitting with you, which I think is <laughs> really nice. I'm curious, I talk a lot about sex education and people's experiences here in the U.S., I read that there was some controversy over this sex-positive pamphlet being passed out to kindergartners in Berlin, and I just thought, how amazing, I mean, we are so far from even there being a pamphlet <laughs> for that here in kindergarten. I wonder what you two both learned in sex education and, and what it's generally like in your area. Well, I am Mexican, and I've been living in Berlin for the last uh, eight years. So if I had to talk about my early sex education, I will call it like just uh, barely knowing how kids come to this world and then just adding like every every sort of like a Catholic kind of like cliches onto whatever sex education thing is. And but I, I will have to say that for the past years uh, here in Berlin, it has been like some more of a... Um, I don't know. It's just like a more like free space for you to question yourself, who you are and where do you want to go and how much you want to grow and in what direction do you want to grow in terms of sex education that comes with being part of, uh, of the sex industry. Because there's just like so much that you learn by becoming a sex worker and being dealing with sex and sexuality on an everyday life. And there's like just so much that you can grow from it. And so many like uh, people who can have like a positive influence of how you see yourself as a sexual being and how you express it um, in your work and what kind of people like you you discuss this with. So in many ways, it wasn't like some sort of like my late sex education hasn't been like some sort of like systematic way about like dealing with things or so. It has been pretty much about um, immersing myself in the right environment and dealing with amazing people that I that are my colleagues that are like the rest of the RSD's podcast team and like many other people I have the uh, high uh, privilege to work with so it's I don't know if I had to sum it up it would be like learning by living 
if that makes any sense. <laughs> it yeah. absolutely does. Yeah, it's. I find a lot of people learn through teaching, learn through creating. I mean, it's that makes a lot of sense to me. You're accountable also to an audience, and so as you discover, you know, new things or you explore different things, I feel like. Do you feel a sense of responsibility to to educate both of you? I don't know. I'm from Australia, so my education was very – I was pretty lucky compared to you, Lena. Like, <laughs> at least I knew physically how to put on a condom and where everything was <laughs> and where the clip was and everything. But I also learned everything a lot from, like, these teenage magazines of things. But growing in Berlin, that's when I started having the emotional growth of sex and actually realizing about boundaries and saying no and giving consent and everything. And That's awesome. So it yeah. sounds like sex positivity is – thriving there would you say that that's fairly recent has that or has that been a part of the culture in both of your experience for some time I think that well Berlin as a city as such it has a long uh, tradition of being quite open to the expression of like sexuality and so they I don't have a religion here do they they don't and for example back in the 20s uh it was a city well known for having a quite a sex positive culture also for being like really uh, dedicated towards creating like more uh, sexual knowledge like through like scientific means like they used to have like this kind of like library or collection and so on that then was like burned down by like national mm -hmm. socialism so in many ways um, Berlin already has has had like this tradition of uh, being open to sexuality and exploration. And I think that, I mean, it continues to be a, I don't know, I think that's, I mean, for me, I've been here for um, eight years and so, so there are still like some things that I'm like, kind of like seeing like normal, like sex parties or like entire clubs dedicated towards like sexuality and kink. But, but I do still think that Berlin has this very, um, has a, makes a lot of space for people to see how they want to explore themselves, to normalize some other aspects of sexuality, such as BDSM and kink, or like being a bit more open to um, other forms of dating, like polyamorous communities and so on. And um, so, so, yeah, I think in many ways it makes space for people just to... To, to know that part of themselves. Because before coming here to Berlin, there were so many things I didn't know about myself. And that because I came here, I had it easier. I found an easier way to, to come to terms with so many things about myself. When I first came to Berlin, I went to a nudist lake for the first time. And I was like, oh my God, there's a nudist lake here. What is going on? Where have I moved? <laughs> and now it's been like a year and a half later. And I go to a I go to a party and there's like you know four people making out with each other naked. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> All right, place. And they all seem to have found the right place with one another as friends and joint podcast hosts. In addition to Lena and Pandora, the Ersties podcast is hosted by feminist pornographer Paulita Papel and Olivia, who edits videos into smut with her bare hands, according to her bio, and writes erotica. I asked Lena what prompted her to take the leap into a porn career. I mean, for me, it was pretty much a gut feeling. 
um, here in Berlin, there's uh, there's a porn festival that runs every year. And I remember that when I arrived to the city, I mean, my in my initial intentions were like completely different to porn. And still, like my very first, uh, the, my very first activity with my very first time, I had like free time to do anything. I went to watch porn. So somehow it was like the sign that I would eventually end up in there. <laughs> and, be her. Yeah. And I don't know, for example, this festival shows a lot of like a wide diversity of pornography, which for me was like really refreshing at the time. And then uh, during that festival, I saw some films that I really liked. The, the directors were there presenting their work. And I don't know, it just occurred to me that I could be that person, I mean, that I could be in those films. And somehow it was like, I saw it like so accessible and at the same time, like so natural to who I am that I just like uh, sent a couple of emails, went for coffee with the directors. And then that one month later I was shooting. So, so again, like it was more a question of like just people being a little bit more open and natural about sex and sexuality and just like making it easy for you to approach those spaces. If that's what you think that's, good for you and in my case I never regret it like um like yeah I didn't give it too much thought to oh I will be in porn I will be naked forever on the internet oh I will have like sex with people and people are gonna watch it and blah 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 blah. but I was like okay yeah that sounds good maybe I could do it and and yeah ever since I haven't really regretted that is such a great feeling isn't it to feel no regrets about a pretty major decision Next, I asked Lena and Pandora a question I often find pretty difficult to answer. Do they have a favorite episode of their podcast? Uh, a single favorite episode. I really like Witchy Woman. I really like the witch one. Yeah. yeah. I really was super empowering and like I'm, I'm, I'm obsessed with witches when I was really young and then I suppressed it because I don't know why I forgot about it. Maybe it's a better word. And then it came back up and it was like, Oh, I'm so nostalgic and sentimental. So it was like, I was probably my favorite episode. Yeah. 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 I think for me, it's also my favorite, the, the witch one, because in many ways it was like so much like relating to, it was, a, I mean, we talk about witches and so, but it like touched like so deeply into into your own and how to tap into your own power and the cultural references as yeah. well and it wasn't really directly like of course we talk about sex but it was like indirectly talking about sex and feminism which is super important to us as well so I was like yeah yeah totally <laughs> that is so awesome did you learn anything that was surprising to you yeah we learned a lot we had like this uh, conversation about crystals Oh yeah, from uh, Chakrabs. Mm. So that was really good one to to start with about like the power of crystals and so on, and how like all like this um, the story behind yeah. Chakrabs and so. And it was also you did the interview with Kristen Soli yeah. and her book, and like how she did. Uh, she spoke about her mother influencing a lot of her like um, her work, and it was really interesting to see how much it was actually about self love. And about loving yourself and empowering that part of yourself as well. So it was just like a really good, and like also learning stuff about Lena and Palita and uh, Olivia about how we all really connected with witches. Like, no idea. We never talked about it. And then all of a sudden, Lena's like, we want to do about witches. And we had so much to talk about. So I listened to the episode. It's number seven. It's called Self Love, Sex and Magic. It's a really popular one with 12.9 thousand listens on SoundCloud alone. 
And it's a very full and rich episode. It starts with talk about porn featuring a cake fetish and one host's first gangbang, then gets into coming out to their parents about their lives in the adult industry. Then they get into all things mystical, their most spiritual sexual experiences, sexual spiritual rituals, and even some very interesting uses for menstrual blood. Their guest, Vanessa Cuccia, founder of Cherubs, shares her personal path to starting the original crystal sex toy company, which is super interesting. Vanessa was on her own journey to realizing she is worthy of sexual pleasure when she had this epiphany. She said the crystals told her they wanted to be used to heal sexual trauma. At one point in the episode, one of the Erstes gals said, witches really are the original feminists, the original sluts. And I can see why this episode resonated so much with them being the progressive, outspoken feminists they are. I was also sure they could relate to some of the resistance witches throughout time have faced. So I asked about it. Do people in the sex industry, especially sex workers in Berlin, face as much stigma as they do here in the U.S.? Well, I think it's there's always um, a side to it. I think uh, in, in many ways... Um, even like the aftermath of Sestan Foster has affected here, the sex worker community over here in Germany. And even though like Germany has less uh, strict laws when it comes to sex work, um, there is a growing um, stigmatization of this work. So even in, even in this part of, uh, of the world, it's like very difficult to exist as a sex worker and to be open about your work and not being um with the fear of being like shamed for what you do so so yeah for example in my case uh even though i am within like sex work i'm in a certain i have the certain privilege of like doing porn only in in many ways that that risk still exists over here mm. uh on the other hand, I think I there's like a big community over here. So in many ways, once you find your community, it makes you feel a little bit safer or a little bit more uh, supported. And so, but at this point, I wouldn't say it's an being a sex worker is an easy thing for anyone, anyone, anywhere in this world. Yeah, that sounds accurate to me too. How about you, Pandora? Have you do you tell people that uh, you're part of this podcast? And is it yeah? yeah. When people ask me if I have something, yeah, like I I do share it, and that this is where you filter the shit. Sorry for my French, but like this is where you start to filter. Like if you share something, and the first question they ask is not intellectual, or they don't try to challenge you, or it's not out of just pure curiosity. Instead, they just say something like, "Oh, I can be important." I'm like, that's when you start filtering out a lot of the shit. Like. So for me, it's kind of like a good indicator of someone's personality or how they perceive sex. And then, but to be honest, I get, I met with a lot more positive people in Berlin than I have, would have anywhere else at the moment. I don't know if I've been, but like, with, and there's a really huge community, like Lena said, that are just so good at dealing with um, being sex positive and also not shaming people that are in sex work. Thank goodness for finding those supportive communities, right? I couldn't help but think of how different their lives and senses of selves must be now versus when they first arrived in Berlin and started cultivating so much sexual discovery. 
I know I can look back on my own journey and recall some huge lessons that were game changers. I was super curious to find out what lessons about their own sexuality they cherish most. Mm. <laughs> uh, I don't know. For me, has been some... I mean, I think I will say something like super fundamental about coming to terms with how filthy I can be <laughs> and also to make the best out of it. So before, in the past, I had like this sort of like a, I mean, I could acknowledge myself, like how like my own like perversions and stuff, but I think that I wasn't processing them in the, in the right way. And the way in which I do right now process how filthy or perverted I can be, I do it now in a way in which I can also like uh, embrace my own power. And I think that so far that's, I will say that's my most meaningful learning. I feel like I stem a little bit off yours. Like I really f feel super empowered now. Before it used to be men choosing me, you know, because I was super reserved, very suppressed. I felt a little bit guilty because I was a woman that had desires. And now it's been like okay, two years later and the lots of learning. And now I'm the one choosing the men that I want to sleep with or even the women that I want to sleep with. And it's a very nice feeling as well to not be ashamed of that power. So, yeah, I'm totally with you. As I mentioned earlier, and I'm sure you've gathered, the Ersties team are, in addition to colleagues, really close friends. Pandora and Lena credit supportive people they've met for so much of their own growth and sexual self-discovery. So I asked them to share thoughts on the importance of friendships in the context of sexual empowerment. Like, first of all, like having friends, it's, it's something that doesn't make you feel isolated. And in so many aspects of our life, especially we talk about sexuality, if you are a feminized body and you have to talk about sexuality, like society makes you feel isolated about who you are and the use of your power and how do you get to know your body and so on. So having friends, people you can relate to, people you can you can trust, people who will not judge you and support you and take care of you. When you're together, it's um, <clears throat> it's really really important because it makes you feel validated, you know, and understood, and someone who takes care of you and will not judge you, whereas the rest of the world could judge you for being a slut or for being whoever you want to be. If you want to win a war on sex positivity, you got to band together. I totally. <laughs> <laughs> no, but also like it's very true, like um. I came into Ursi's podcast knowing nothing and it, for, it wasn't for the girls and like um, they taught me so much, you know, they taught me how I shouldn't conform to the social norms as well because I felt really suppressed and unhappy for a really long time until I met these girls, which is, and maybe on my half, I don't know on their half, but for me, I have a lot of love for them. I'm very sentimental me about too. them because I... I've never met a bunch of girls that the moment I meet them, I need to talk to them about how I can do anal without shitting myself, you know? Like, that's a very important conversation to have and be very open straight away. And once you uh, set a, a, a norm for a conversation, it's good, especially a, con a conversation that is so open about communication, about sex. It also means that we can talk about other things about our lives so openly as well. I could not agree more. Whenever I discuss these topics, I like to point out that, 
sexual discovery looks different for all of us. It's completely fine to move forward in your own journey and never dip into kink or BDSM or threesomes, for example, to realize that you're not into sex that often or very often, or to realize that polyamory or routine orgies or daily solo play are totally your thing. Pandora and Lena seem to fully agree. What would they say to someone, I asked, who's new to sex positivity and might feel a little bit intimidated by all the sex stuff or the need to be sexual in certain kinds of ways? Uh, First of all, that sex positivity is not about having everything figured out for yourself because that's not at all like sex positivity is not about being knowledgeable about everything. It's not being uh, kinky and like uh, saying that vanilla, it's like not good sex. It's, um, I mean, sex positivity, it's more about like the sort of like conditions and openness that you have towards uh, sexual self-determination. And that definitely entails a sense of plurality and definitely entails a sense of uh, respect and tolerance to understand that we live actually in a sex negative society and making the effort of reversing the effects of that. It's already called sex positivity. So it's not about knowing everything about sex or being like super experienced in whatever sort of like sexual art, whatever. If it's your call to be to be into vanilla sex and not like kinky sex, then that's that's already sex positive. So <clears throat> I don't know. I guess it sounds like really intimidated and many people who are very bold about their, their desires and sexuality. It I mean, it's a cool thing, but it's definitely more about like deciding to get into the journey of, uh, of uh, I don't know, like countering this sex negative culture we live in more than being a pro on whatever sexual sport, if you want to call it that way. You- <laughs> yes, that's awesome. The sex positive community, like anyone sex positive, they want to spread their knowledge. They want to share it with you. So if you feel intimidated, okay, feel intimidated, but don't be afraid to ask a question, to ask some things, because I guarantee you people just want to teach you things. It makes them feel good. I feel good when someone asks me to help them do something, totally. you know, absolutely. You feel like, you feel like empowered. You're like, yeah, of course I'm going to help you take out the trash. That's great. Of course I'm going to teach you how to be sex positive or like teach you how to do this weird move or teach you about toys you'll be surprised how much people feel good to talk and share information learn more about the Ersties podcast and start listening at www.ersties-podcast.com Ersties is spelled e-r-s-t-i-e-s speaking of sex questions dr megan fleming and i received an awesome one from listener justine who wrote this i recently started dating again I'm seeing, quote unquote, this one guy, and we don't fully see us in an actual relationship with each other, but we mutually agreed that we can be friends with benefits. We have started off with sexting, but I've never sexted before, and I'm more of a submissive. We tried sexting for the first time today, and he called me boring, lol. I sent him a text explaining what I like and how I am in bed, but I left out the fact that I was a sexting virgin. I don't want to give up the friends with benefits relationship. A girl has got needs. Do you think I should mention that or does that really matter? Do you have an episode or a blog post regarding sexting or do you know of anything that you have read that might help out? Thank you so much for your question, Justine. First of all, you are totally not boring. I cringed a little hearing that he said that to you. Uh, And I also 
think it's really important to have conversations about these vulnerable things, so it might help to let him know you're new at this. Here's what Dr. Megan Fleming of GreatLifeGreatSex.com had to say. Justine, you know, I really want to say that I think it's awesome that you're even having that frank and open, honest conversation to realize, you know, first of all, we don't have chemistry with everybody, and we actually don't want to be in relationship with everyone. And yet there's something about this guy that made you feel like, you know what, I'm into the potential for friends with benefits. You know, what I can say about sexting is, first of all, like any skill, we never start as expert. That being said, you know, the fact that the very first day he called you boring, I'm like, uh, to me, uh, that's a bit of a flag. Um, because, you know, even when if it's not what he's makes him, it's, you know, he's not responding to and it's not his biggest turn on I'm more interested in the feedback right like is that first day the kind of feedback you want from somebody you really even want to be in a friends with benefits relationship with by that I mean you know there's so many ways of giving feedback and expressing more of what you want and what's the wish and the longing but calling you boring like I don't know I just feel like that's completely not sexy. And it seems like you're sort of putting that on yourself, right? That, oh, you know, I'm sort of a virgin to this and I'm not an expert. And listen, all that's true, but you're just learning to express yourself. And I'm just trying to help you know that there are, in my mind, many, many men who would love to be in relationship and or friends with benefits relationship with you. And it's important as you're discovering on your own what your turn-ons are, what feels good. You know, I think generally we want to start slow, right? We we don't want to go in and, especially if it's not in your comfort zone, right? Like really exploring in the space and the time that works for you to express yourself. And so... Sure. You know, when you ask, you know, are there books or references or resources out there on sexing? Yes, 100%. Um, in fact, a colleague of mine, Vanessa Marin, uh, she oft has a sort of like the top 50, you can Google her name and or others, right? Like there are a lot of, as I looked online, um, examples of sexting. And the idea there is like, use somebody's sample texts and which of those really stand out to you, really feel like it's expressing, even if you don't yet for yourself have the language, right? It feels like authentically, that's what you want to communicate or express. So what I would say is, yeah, 100% focus on getting better at sexting in a way that feels good to you. But at the same time, again, in this context, I'm I'm still a little bit on the flag of very first day, someone's saying boring. Because you know what? In life and in relationships, we want to be with people who uplift us and who make us feel good about ourselves and who bring out the best in us. And coming out the gate, the front door, sort of the first day saying boring, uh, to me, I'm just highlighting it's a flag. But you are your own expert. This is your life. Know that you absolutely can master this. And, you know, let me know if it's this guy or who you have the best sexting and friends with benefit relationships with. But as always, I say, love to hear how it goes. Thank you so much, Dr. Megan. I loved what she had to say. And again, really was concerned that this person called you boring. I don't know, maybe it was kind of a strange joke or something. I hope he wasn't doing that creepy nagging thing we've talked about in the Pickup Artist episode. 
Regardless, I can tell from your email that you are not boring at all. Here are a few quick thoughts on sexting, whether you stay in touch with this guy or not, and for anyone curious about it. So first, I think it's an awesome way to not only keep things hot, but to build anticipation, which plays a huge role in pleasure. So talking about the things that you are eager about, that you're fantasizing about. Second, be yourself. I think it can be so easy to try to seem sexy or kind of perform well, when really what an awesome partner wants and what works best is you being you. Say things you actually think and mean. If you're nervous, consider practicing first, you know, letting thoughts out on a page, maybe a journal or a Word document. Surprise can be awesome too, sexting someone out of the blue, but make sure you have a good sense about whether or not they will receive it well. Start simply and gradually with a new sexting partner and really listen to how they respond. I think that's just as important as what you text to them. And lastly, if you're concerned about privacy issues, you might want to keep your face out of any images you share, unless you're like, I really don't care if this goes out somewhere live on the internet, uh, or use something like Snapchat for less chance of them staying accessible forever. Uh, thanks again for your question, Justine. We are wishing you the very best of luck. How do you all feel about sexting? Do you have other questions for me or for Dr. Megan? Please hit us up on our websites or social media. And if you're enjoying Girl Boner Radio, please subscribe on iTunes. If you haven't, you can also follow along on Spotify and iHeartRadio. Thank you so much for listening and have a beautiful Girl Boner Embracing Week.